So we're calling this year 21 Days of Praying the Word. And we believe that the Word of God is living and active. It's, it's powerful. That we believe that God's life is breathed into us by the Spirit as we come to the Scriptures. Jesus actually said to some Pharisees in John chapter 5, verse 39, some religious leaders of the day, he said, you diligently search the Scriptures and you think that you have eternal life through them. Basically, he's saying, just because you have all this information and knowledge, you think you have life, he says, but you've missed the whole point point that these very scriptures testify of me, that Jesus actually was inviting them not into just an increased knowledge, but into an encounter with God himself through the word, that these words bring us to a revelation of who Jesus is and what God has done for us in Christ. So we're inviting the Holy Spirit to be our guide and our teacher as we come to the word and as we speak the word. We're actually hearing ourselves say what we believe in our heart, and the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Um, we're actually learning how to speak the language of heaven as we're, we're taking those words that began in heaven and realizing their impact on the earth as we pray God's will and God's heart through the word. So we're not just going to be praying verbatim, literally the scriptures. We're going to take the truth and the essence of those scriptures, what they're revealing to us, and we're going to lean into them and pray those together. And there's going to be, I think, a unique encounter with God that we're going to have in our times of integrating together the word and prayer. So January 8th to January January 28th, we're setting aside 21 days for prayer and fasting, and uh, we have resources that are available to support you in that, um, or you can go to foursquareprayer.org, and you can find all of that information there. We look forward to praying together with you. That was Pastor Randy. He is our Foursquare president, elected uh, actually about four years ago now, and um, he's an amazing guy. He's Started as a youth pastor in his, um, when he was about 18, 19 years old, um, after he graduated, and then uh, became a lead pastor in his mid-20s, um, right here in Stanwood, Washington. And then, um, yeah, he kind of went to Everett from there. Then he actually went to Ron Mel's, if you're familiar with Ron Mel, um, who's with Jesus now, um, pastored at Ron's church for several years right before he was elected president. Randy's an amazing man. Uh, the couple of things I really love about him is I love his personality. I love his sense of humor. The guy's one of the funniest guys when he's teaching and sharing. He's just a real person. But what I really value about him, especially as the president of our movement, is the man prays. That's the most important thing. If you ask Pastor Randy, what's the most important thing about being a believer in Christ? He says it's your communication, your relationship with Jesus. It's talking with him. It's spending time with him. It's not just speaking, but it's listening. It's meditating upon his word. It's focused to be focused on him. And so when we went to the national, a few of us actually in this room, I know Bakhtiar was there in Anaheim. Uh, Heather and I went, Pastor Marcy went, and um, we were down in there. And Pastor Randy had a heart. There was 5,000 missionaries and pastors from all around the world. It was an international meeting. And he said, hey, I want to have prayer meetings in the morning before our general session. So they booked a room that probably holds about 150 people comfortably. And he was thinking, well, there would probably be about 10 of us show up to pray. Um, and that room was, had over 300 people in it, standing elbow to elbow. And we prayed for an hour, over an hour 
um, and just spent time with Jesus before we went into our general session with all the other stuff. So the guy loves to pray, loves to spend time with the Lord, and you can see it uh, in his life. You can see it as he teaches, as he leads us. And so that's what we're going to do for uh, to start off 2024 is 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's, uh, we are joining with Foursquare with churches all around the, the world and missionaries all around the world in praying and fasting for the, it's not the first 21 days. They gave you a break, let you breathe for the first seven days. And then starting tomorrow, we will begin to pray and fast together. I really do agree with Pastor Randy. I know he talks so fast in that video. You probably need to just go back and watch it a few times. I had to watch it two or three times because what he was saying was so, it was really powerful. I was like, man, this is really good stuff. And I agree with him. I pray, we pray, that as we spend 21 days in prayer and fasting, that we will encounter God. Maybe some of our relationship in this room, maybe some of our relationships with God, we, they become old, they become stale, they become the same. God is the same yesterday, today, forever, but he's also the creator God. He's always doing something new. I pray that we'd receive a revelation from him about who Jesus is and what he's done for us. We trust that the Holy Spirit will lead you as you read, meditate, and pray on the word of God. You know, the word meditate sometimes freaks us out as believers. Anybody? You don't have to raise your hand. Maybe raise your hand. Kind of freaks us out a little bit, right? Because that has been something that has been taken over. Um, and meditation right now in the secular world, outside the walls of the church, is a really huge deal right now. I don't know if you guys know that. Well, that's not a made-up, that's not a man-made thing. That's a God-made thing. Over 23 times in the Bible, he talks about meditating on the things of God. Meaning, get focused, really focused, and take control of the thoughts. And we know that Bible verse. We take captive the thoughts and make them obedient to Christ, right? Those thoughts that come in like, where did that come from? I get those all the time. Like, where in the world did that come from? I take that thought captive and I throw it away because it doesn't belong here. And so meditation, speak, spending our focused time with Jesus, and obviously speaking and listening. I pray that as we speak these words, the words of heaven, as Pastor Randy put it, in these prayers, that it would impact our world. That first of all, it impact you. That it impact me. But then it will impact our community, the place that God has placed us. Praying and fasting for 21 days. If you had to choose... I'm going to give you a choice this morning. If you had to choose prayer or fasting, hmm, that's an easy one, right? For most of us, yeah, it's an easy one. Now, I know it's interesting that we have 21 days of prayer and fasting starting tomorrow, and then on the 21st of this month, we're having a potluck after church. But we're, yes, we're still going to do that. You know why? It's because before this even all came out, I'd already been ta talking to Pastor Burton, who is the pastor of the church that meets here on Sunday nights 
um, and they also meet in the Highlands. They are a Hispanic community, and we are doing a combination service that day with them. Um, a little bit of our worship team, a little bit of their worship team, and then he's speaking with a translator, and then we're having lunch together right after church. So we'll have to fast, figure out the fasting thing, right? But the Bible has a lot to say about fasting, and if you look at just the surface of it, it is hard. We have a connection with food, right? There is a connection with food, and so fasting isn't usually something that we just jump to. Yeah, I can... I can sit down and pray, but it's hard for me to sit down and, and fast and abstain from whatever it might be. Jesus said that when we do fast, hey, when you fast, so this is the interesting thing, Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, when you fast, he doesn't say, hey, if you decide to fast, it's just assumed. God assumes we will do what he's asked us to do. And there are times where we need to fast and abstain from certain things. And in those times, what Dana said last week in announcements, is it's in those times, if I'm going to abstain from something, like for food, then during that time where I'm normally eating that food, I'm going to spend with Jesus. I'm not going to turn on Netflix like, oh, I have an extra half an hour. No, I'm going to spend that time with Jesus. I'm going to focus. You're going to hear that word a lot in 2024. I'm going to focus on my relationship with Jesus. Jesus says that when you fast, don't make it obvious. It was really popular back then to whenever you did something for God, religiously, you wanted people to know. And so they wouldn't comb their hair. They would have sad faces. Like, oh, that person must be fasting. They, they're really holy. Really? And so Jesus said, just pretend. It's, you're not even doing it. You're fasting here inside because it's about your relationship with me. But you're not fasting for the approval of everybody else. So if you have to, get up, wash your face. Put product in your hair. I mean, Jesus said put oil in your hair. Comb it. Do something. And then keep it a secret. Keep it a secret. It's, it's, yes, it's corporate. We are corporately going to fast and pray together as a church. But individually, we are going to fast and pray for our own personal, whatever God's doing in our life. And, and maybe there needs to be, we sing some amazing songs. Great list this morning. It always is. I could say that every week. But God, break every stronghold. The disciples went out and when Jesus sent them out, and they came back super excited. Man, they were seeing miracles. But some of them were saying at one point, now we prayed and prayed and prayed over this one area, um, and nothing happened. And Jesus said, the only way that stronghold is going to be broken is if you fast. You are personally going to have to sacrifice for that area in your life or in their life. We'll get into that in a second. So when you fast, it's between you and Jesus. Now Moses fasted for 40 days. Well, we know Jesus did. Moses did as well. Elijah did. Most people believe that he did if you read the scriptures. Moses did it a couple times. There are different types of fasts. Daniel fasted when he was um, first, they were taken captive. And the Bible says that Daniel did not eat delicacies. I don't know what that means for you. 
For him, it wasn't fancy things from the king's table, which when I was growing up, that was a smorgasbord place. But anybody remember the king's table? Come on, raise your hand. Come on, participate with me a little bit this morning. Okay, yes. That was our go-to in our family. Hey, we're going out to eat. King's table. And I'd have swamp water to drink. Anybody know what swamp water is? That's when you're not a very smart kid, first of all, and you take your glass and you shoot every soda flavor. Except for diet, of course. And a little bit of all. So a little bit of orange, a little bit of Sprite, a little bit of Mountain Dew, a little bit of root beer, a little bit of Pepsi. Swamp water. Every time. I don't know why. I've grown up. I've matured. So I don't do that anymore. But anyways. Okay. (laughs) I might have to try it though. Now, now, Now we're talking about it. There are different ways to fast. Daniel chose to not eat from the king's table. They didn't want to defile themselves, so they ate um, really natural stuff, so grains and beans, and um, that's what they did for the few weeks. And actually, when they came back and inspected all the young guys that were had been taken captive, Daniel and his three friends were stronger and more physically able than the rest that had been eating all the other junk. So it's interesting. You've heard the phrase, you are what you eat. I mean, really, we're watching this thing right now. It's super interesting, the stuff that we put into our bodies, how it affects us, how it affects us physically, how it affects us emotionally, how it interacts with our minds, and over long term, how it affects our minds. Really interesting. Daniel chose to not eat delicacies. Esther and her people fasted for three days and three nights and didn't eat or drink. Fasting, when we look at fasting in the Bible, it usually is accompanied by humility or with humility, with repentance, with grieving, and of course, um, there's always prayer involved. So I'm not sure, maybe you're hearing about this for the first time this morning and you're trying to rack your brain. So how am I going to do this? How How am I going to fast? Do I fast once a week? Do I fast just a meal here or there? Do I fast multiple days? Do I do the Daniel thing and not eat delicacies for 21 days? Do I give up something for all 21 days? And does, if I'm fasting, does it have to be food-related? That's probably one of the biggest questions I get. Is if I'm fasting, does it have to be food-related? So here's the thing about that. We have such a connection with food, it's hard for us to imagine not going without it. I'll just say that. Um, And that's a tough one. I know food's a tough one. But I believe that there's other ways to fast. And maybe you just need to fast from that little device that you carry around. The first thing you look at in the morning, the thing that you carry around all day long, the thing that dings and beeps and rattles all day long, And it's the last thing you look at before you go to bed. And when you wake up in the middle of the night, you even look at it again. Maybe some of us need to fast from that or parts of that. Or maybe it's 
TV. Maybe it's a hobby that you do. Maybe it's a habit that you have and you know it. And God has been working on that and you're just like, okay, for the next 21 days, I want to break that habit. Whatever it might be. Again, Jesus says that's between you and him. We're not going to have a sign-up list. I don't need to know what you're fasting on. You don't need to know what I'm fasting on. Because it's between him and you and him and me, right? So prayer. There are different types of prayer. Most of the time, for us, when we pray, it's supplication prayer. I want to be real churchy today. Supplication means you're asking God for what you need in the moment. We all pray that? We have supplication prayers? I know we're getting a little fancy this morning with some of the big words. Most of the time, that's what we do. When we pray, we're always asking God for something. But there are different ways to pray. Adoration, meaning we praise him. Have you ever just sat there and spent time with him and just praise him for who he is and what he's done? We're going to look into that this morning in one of the Psalms. There's gratitude. There's thanksgiving prayers. When's the last time we said thank you? And it wasn't Thanksgiving week. When's the last time we sat down and actually thanked God for all that he's given us? There's supplication. There's, there's confession prayers. Being open and honest with God about where we're at and about the sin and the brokenness in our own lives. God is faithful and he's just. When we confess to him, he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1.9, if you're not memorizing scripture and you need to memorize one, that's a good one. I say that almost daily. 1 John 1.9, God is faithful and he's just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then there's intercession prayer, lifting others up before God himself and standing in the gap for them. Intercession. I mean, I think a lot of us pray that too. How many, how many of us pray for our kids? We pray for our communities. We, we tune on the news and then we say, wow, I need to pray about what's going on in our world. So for the next 21 days, we are joining missionaries and churches all over the world to focus um, on praying the word. 650 prayers are recorded in the Bible. And over the next 21 days, we're just going to look at just a few of them. And they've broken it down. So there's ways for you to do this. And it's, if you can see it, foursquareprayer.org. If you want to sign up to do this, they'll send you an email every day. So if you're fasting from that device, you're going to probably have to open up your computer if you have one. Um, you can go on Amazon and buy the book. They have a book. It's like 10 bucks, with, with tax and everything. And it's 21 days. It's all in space, places for you to write it down. And I'll just, I should have bought a bunch of books for us and had them in the back. And it's, you know, you get to the last minute, you realize like, shoo, I forgot to order the books. So you can do that. You can actually download it and then just follow along. Um, anyways, you can go online and do that. 21 days of prayer and fasting. They've broken it down to seven categories over those 21 days in groups of three. And so praise and gratitude is the first three days, and then followed by forgiveness and trust, then wisdom and maturity, truth and guidance, authority and righteousness, unity and interdependence. 
Interesting. And then boldness and proclamation. And so today, what we're going to do is we're just going to look at um, day one. I'm going to give you a head start. And so I want you to turn in your Bibles to Psalm 86. Psalm 86. The whole psalm is a prayer. Raise your hand if you need a Bible. Our hosts um, are, are here for you. Um, they will hand out Bibles. We're going to look at just a few verses of Psalm 86. Like I said, the, the whole psalm or song that David wrote is a prayer. We're only going to look at a few verses of it. We don't know when David wrote this. David was um, went through many different things in his life. If you study the life of David at all in the Old Testament, we don't know when. Was this um, before when he was having some family issues? Was this when after he killed Goliath? Was this when Solomon was trying to kill him? Was this when his own son was trying to kill him? When We don't know. All we do know is that David called out to God. And Psalm 86, I would love to take the time to be able to read the whole thing, but read it this week. Study it. Meditate on it. Pray over it. Verse 8, Among the gods there is none like you, Lord. No deeds can compare with yours. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you, Lord. They will bring glory to your name. For you are great and do marvelous deeds. You alone are God. Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, Lord, my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. That is a powerful prayer. And I'm telling you, if we pray that prayer, as we pray the word is the focus, it will impact us. It will change us. But here's the unique thing about this uh, prayer by David. It's like when we read it in English, there's a few different words there. There's the word Lord and there's the word God listed as David prays. But in the original Hebrew, David assigns when he's talking about the Lord, when he's talking about God, he gives God these different names which brings this whole new illumination to us. He uses four different names of God in Psalm 86. In the passages we just read, he uses four different names. He uses Adonai. He uses Elo, Elohe, Elohim, and Yahweh. Those four. So what do those mean? Okay. Adonai means master. It does mean Lord. And so they translate it out as Lord. Yahweh means the existing one, the almighty God. In fact, they had such a reverence for God that they wouldn't even spell out the word Yahweh. It's spelled Y-A-H-W-E-H. But they would remove the vowels from it, and so they would just look at it, and they would know we're talking about the almighty God. That's why if you're looking in your Bible... And you get down to verse 11. You notice Lord there is all capitals. Nod your head if you're looking at that. It's all capitals because that's Yahweh, the Almighty God. He uses 
Elohe, which means my salvation, and he uses Elohim, which means creator. So what I want to do this morning, I should have put it up here for you, and again, it's one of those last-minute things, the Sunday morning things when you're at home studying right before you leave for church, and like, ah, I probably should have made a slide for that. But let me just read it to you the way David wrote it. Among the gods there is no one like you, Adonai, my master. No deeds can compare with yours. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you, Adonai, my master. They will bring glory to your name. For you are great and do marvelous deeds. You alone are Elohim, the creator. Teach me your way, Yahweh, the one true God, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, Adonai, my master, Elohe, my salvation, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. Doesn't that bring a whole new meaning as we read that this morning? That he is our salvation. That yes, he is the one in charge. He is our Lord and master. He is the one true God. David acknowledged that there were gods. But if you look in your Bible, it's a little g. There's all kinds of little gods. And maybe for some of us as we're fasting, what we're doing is we're pushing away from some of our little gods. It's not as blatant in our society. Idolatry and the worship of other things because it's almost just become natural for us to worship those things. And so we have to be really careful and remember that he is our master. He is the creator of all things. He is my salvation. He is the one true God. Psalm 86 would be a great study for you this week. I encourage you to do it. When's the last time you looked at Nehemiah? Well, I'll tell you, it was this morning when I was reading it again. It was earlier this week as I was preparing for today. And before that, I can't tell you when. So Nehemiah was a prophet of God sent to Israel right after they had come back from captivity. Not long. I mean, it's fun how this is all time. I'm looking at Pastor Jen right now. She's teaching on Daniel not long after Daniel, when they came back to Israel and that were being reestablishing, rebuilding Jerusalem, God sent three prophets that all overlapped. Now, a lot of times we read the Bible and we think, well, this prophet lived here, and then he's gone, and then this prophet, then they're gone. But actually, in the Old Testament, many of these prophets, they kind of intermingled a little bit, especially Nehemiah, who was kind of in the middle. Ezra came first. And they overlapped with Nehemiah, and then Malachi overlapped with Nehemiah. So they're all, God's message was like, hey, Israel, you need to focus here. Ezra's main message from God to Israel as they came back together, he was the priest. And so he focused on the word of God. They had strayed so far from God's word and were living their own life, doing their own thing. He was bringing them back. Like, this is what we need to be doing. This is how we should be living. And so he would publicly, often, 
read the Word of God out loud in, in the public, and they would gather and listen. Nehemiah was the governor. Whenever I look at, whenever I read the word governor, I always think of it as an English, in an English accent for some reason. You too? Yeah, governor. So Nehemiah was the governor. He actually was the governor actually a couple times. His focus, if you read the book of Nehemiah, was to rebuild the wall. Ezra was focused on the word of God, and they were rebuilding the temple and the inner city. Nehemiah comes along, and he starts focusing. God tells him to focus on building the wall around. All the cities back then had big walls, fortified cities. And it's such an interesting thing that there was, as they came back, there was opposition for them to rebuild Jerusalem. The outside world did not like that to happen, so there was opposition. So what Nehemiah, what they did is as they were building, if you look at Nehemiah chapter 4, some of the workers literally would have a trowel in one hand as they're doing cement work, and they would have a sword in the other hand. Any construction workers here? That would be an interesting, interesting job, wouldn't it? Malachi came. And if you look in, the, in your Bible, it's interesting. Nehemiah, Ezra, and Malachi aren't all together. They're not like the last three books of the Bible, Old Testament. They should be chronologically, but Malachi comes, overlaps Nehemiah. As the city is kind of finally back together, the wall is almost fully built, and Malachi comes to remind them that there is one true God, and they are to live for him. Malachi reminds them of the promise that there is a Messiah coming. Malachi's voice would be the last prophet that they would hear from God for 400 years. So his message was, a Messiah is coming. Live for God. Trust him. Walk with him. Obey him. That was Malachi's word. As they gathered, after building the wall, after the fortified city has been rebuilt, they all gathered. And in Nehemiah chapter 9, I want you to turn there, Nehemiah chapter 9, there's this scene there where, there, where everyone is gathered. They've all, been, they've all come back, they've all built, they've all kind of reestablished where they're supposed to be, and then all the leadership shows up, and all the people show up, and then they pray. Nehemiah chapter 9, verses 5 and 6. Again, the whole, almost the whole chapter here is a prayer. It's a history prayer. If you don't know much about Israel, read the, the history of Israel in the Old Testament. Read this prayer in Nehemiah chapter 9. They'll fill you in. They are telling us the history of it, but they're also lamenting and asking God for forgiveness for their own current sins and the, their failures now, but also for their ancestors and for their failures and all the stuff that had happened to them. Verse 5 kind of cuts it right into the middle of what's going on here. But it says, And the Levites, Jeshua, Kedemiel, Bani, Hashbaniah, Sherebiah, Hodiah, Shebaniah, and Pethahiah said, Stand up and praise the Lord your God, who is from everlasting to everlasting. Blessed be your glorious name, and may it be exalted above all blessing and praise. Verse 6, 
You alone are the Lord. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens, and all their starry hosts, the earth and all of it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to everything, and the multitudes of heaven worship you. That's how they started off their prayer, with praise and adoration to God. They spoke of God's greatness. They blessed God. Just a couple things to take home from this. Blessed be your glorious name. Remember, out of praise and gratitude of what God has already done and what he was doing. It says, you alone are Lord. And again, Lord, there is the word Yahweh. You are the one and only true God. You are the maker of it all. You give life. And then they remind us that the multitudes of heaven worship you, God. They worship you. We serve one mighty God. And what I want us to do this morning and over the next, next 21 days on the Sundays that we gather together to celebrate is I want us to end the services with a time of prayer. It would make sense. We're fasting and praying for 21 days. And so there's a couple different passages we've read this morning. Psalm 86 and Nehemiah chapter 9. And I want us just to take a few minutes, and however you pray, you can stand, you can sit, you can come forward, you can kneel, whatever you want to do. And I want us to spend a few moments with Jesus this morning in praise and in gratitude of what he's done for us. I know we're not used to this in church. We're used to the the 22nd prayer should never be awkward when we come into the presence of God. And Lord, I want to start off this time by thanking you for who you are and what you've done. God, that you are Master and Lord. You are our salvation. You are Creator God, who is always doing something new. And you are the one true God. You are Yahweh, Elohim. Adonai, so we worship you this morning. Let's stand together. Blessed be your glorious name, and may it be exalted above all blessings and praise. You alone are the Lord. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens, and all the starry hosts, the earth and all that is in it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to everything, and the multitudes of heaven worship you. Among the gods there is no one like you, Adonai my master. No deeds can compare with yours. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you, Adonai, our master. They will bring glory to your name, for you are great and do marvelous deeds. You alone are Elohim, the creator. Teach me your way, Lord, Yahweh, 
the one true God, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name, and I will praise you, Adonai, my master. Elohe, the God of my salvation. I will praise you with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. Lord, that is our prayer this morning, that you would be glorified, that we would speak your praises, that it would flow from our hearts, that we would look to you as Adonai, our Lord and Master, that you would be our Yahweh, the one true God, that you would be our Elohe, you would be our salvation. Lord, capture our undivided hearts this morning and make them whole. Thank you for being with us, Lord Jesus. And we pray over these 21 days, Lord, that we would encounter you. That it would, it would impact us and our families and our communities and the homes that we live in and the places that we go, our workplaces, that your presence would impact those around us. Lord, we pray for a new closeness over these next 21 days. And not just 21 days of closeness and then walking back into the normal and the old. But God, as we walk in these 21 days, that you would create something new and we'd be stepping into a whole new place with you. Right now, Lord, we pray over our community, over our cities, cities that we call home. Be all those names, Lord and Master, Creator and Salvation, the one true God. Be all those names over our places, Lord. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Hey, just a reminder, you can go online to foursquareprayer.org and download this stuff, sign up, and uh, be part of it every single day. All right, blessings.